Amen. Amen. We want to read the scriptures from first Acts chapter 17 and from verse 22 to 24. Acts chapter 17 verse 22 to 24. May we rise together as we read the scriptures this morning. Let us read together. Then Paul stood in the midst of the mass hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by devotions, I found an altar with the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly him declare I unto you. God that made the world all the things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for the opportunity to come before you and to hear your word, and to be strengthened. We pray that each one of us will receive your word clearly, that salvation will come, deliverance will come, healing will come, restoration will come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. This morning we are talking about know your God. You know, at the beginning of the year, we were giving a word, the Lord, He is God. Let's The Lord, the Lord, okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, it's very easy if I ask, how many of us believe that we know God? Let me see those who believe they know, really know God. Oh. We are in church and the people, some people are not sure if they know God. Hallelujah. You can see that because you don't know where I'm coming from. I know that's, that's why you're anxious. But if you know your God, the scripture says in Daniel 11, verse 32, the people that know they are God, they shall be strong and they will do exploits. Amen. They will be bold about their knowledge of God. So our response even shows that some way, somehow, our knowledge of God is probably not very perfect. But I pray that God will make your knowledge of himself perfect. Amen. 
na sofu se ni mpai boni se onyankopon bema nimdia wo wo fa onyankopon ho no ayepe yeah because there are many people around the world who claim to know god Many people around the world claim they know God. They believe they know God. When you ask the population of Ghana and they say how many people are Christians and they say okay Christians are 72 or 70%. They say are the Muslims. So between in the, in, in the statistics they say oh, those who know God is 85% or more. So people always question when I attend these uh, meetings about civil society, these meetings about governance and corruption and all of that. Always ask, why are there so many religions in Ghana or people say they know God and yet there's so much evil around and it's, it's a puzzle to many people in the world. So at some of the meetings, I, I, especially the Christian meetings, I, tell, I keep raising this issue that are we dealing with those who really know the Lord or we are dealing with those who say they know the Lord? Hallelujah. Daniel said that people that know God, there will be something that will show that they know God. He said they will be strong. They will be strong because in the days he prophesied about our time. And he said these days times will be rough. Things will be difficult. But those who know their God, they will be strong and still serve their God in the midst of the difficulty. And they said, he said they would do exploits. They would do things which are not normal. It means that if every day in your life is normal, probably you haven't known God yet. It means your desire to know God must be greater. If you haven't seen a miracle, year has started, January to this time, and you haven't seen the supernatural hand of God, you must not be comfortable. Because I am not saying it. He says, 
The people that know their God, they be. It means that they shall be. It's, 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 it's a consequence of knowing God will result in you doing exploits. Things will happen around you which will not be normal. So if everything is normal and you are just going about your business and no super, no testimony, no miracle, no breakthrough, no nothing is happening around you, you need to say, Lord, I don't know you enough. I need to know you so that I can see your supernatural and spectacular hand of, uh, upon my life. Now, so for say, I see me okay, and you know, neck and a Bible, no, and I actually and pefe say, one now, one name a radeno, Wabaya Niama Akesia, Wabaya Dana, Wabaya Niama Kesia, and see Bessina, Sawun Sanchu, and Nibia, or Bremo, now a brat, a senior at Siena, dear, not dressing, yard, dear, winning on Yankupon. The problem, one of the problems is that a lot of people don't understand the word knowledge. When it comes to God. I want to look at four kinds of knowledge that people have about God. Then we will deal briefly with how you can know God yourself. Amen. Amen. In the scripture we read from the book of Acts, chapter 17, the Bible says in verse 23, it says, As I passed, I saw your devotions, and you are written to the unknown God. Whom ignor- therefore ye ignorantly worship. The first level of knowledge of God is what I call the natural and general knowledge of God. All over the world, where there are human beings, you will see that people believe that they know God. So they try to manifest this knowledge of God in different ways and forms. In many societies, it's, it's strange. If anybody says that, oh, I don't want to serve God, I don't want God in my life. They, they will have one form or the other of representation of God. Even in so-called secular community societies, where they say, oh, we, we, this country, we don't have any uh, worship as Christian or Muslim, they will still expect that people will, be, will have some spiritual re- direction. So the people of Athens represented their knowledge of God in idols. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And Paul taught them the truth of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today in the world, there's a religion called Hinduism. They believe that they have over 30 million gods. Anything can be God in, in, in Hinduism. And in, in Hinduism, any religion leads to God. And because of that, many people in the West, in the Americas and the Europe and other places, they have subtly bought into this idea that there, there's no, I don't want any restriction on the way I want to worship God. So I'll be, I'll go to church, but I'll still have my yoga mat. I'll still go to church. I'll still do what I want to do. Uh, life is in continuum. Life will just continue like that. Now, yeshe, America, my sa, Europe, honom na, ube hun se, omu, opi wa ho, ube she, no, ye kristo ni, osi, o ye kristo ni, o kwa, sorry. Na, so, so, na, ni, na, no, o da, so, e, wo, e, sumbia, en, fri, nyan, kupon, e, sum, fufro, bi, o, din, e, hun, abata, hun, na, o, she, she, se, sa, na, e, brano, o, be, bono. Some people can be in church and they still go to African traditional religion and say, oh, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God. So when they are, they, they, the family are doing things, they will send their money and send certain, for certain rituals to be done. Do I have a witness here? It's not you. It's somebody else. It's not you. I'm, not, I'm talking about somebody else. They have amulets, talismans, spiritual representations, and things around them that they have been given by people that they treasure who they think they know, know God. Sometimes they even go to church and say, I've confessed Jesus, but they still have some hidden spiritual somebody who give them a different cross. And that cross, when they are traveling, they have to make sure it's in their car or somewhere. They make sure that no matter what they are doing, they have it somewhere. Nah, Only they know. When I was a young child, young, especially going to boarding school, we would never travel without going to see. There was a guy who was praying for, praying for me at Ringway. We go for Florida water, incense. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, uh, the other one, o- olive oil, and then it will give you a cross. And we treasured the cross in school. 
if you are having a problem, you make sure that that special cross, it's an aluminum made cross, and make sure that you always have it somewhere. I don't know what happened. When they, you're going, they give you a calico. They mark it red, black, red, black, cross, 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 and you bath with it. And you believe that, even though you read Bible, you still believe that in more than the word of God you read. Before you move, you have to go travel everything, you have to go. Uh-huh. So there are many people who have these ideas of the they say, Oh, once I'm doing this, I know God. That's a general knowledge. It's a distorted understanding or knowledge of God. It's not a genuine knowledge of God. The second knowledge is what I call factual knowledge. Factual knowledge of God. No, factual, the facts and figures, re, the records, the, the, the things that are re, the, the history and all of that. Aha, they have read about it. They have met people who have told them about it. When I was in secondary school, I had, we had a teacher called uh, T.N.O. Kwakupum. I don't know how many of you ever read this book. Uh, religious religious uh, uh, affairs, religious um, knowledge. And he used to do, write this, he and uh, Professor Dixon, he wrote the synoptic gospels. But Mr. Kwakupo, my BK teacher, never believed in the Bible. He was an authority. There was no book, person who had written more books on education than him until the new reforms came and then they changed the syllabus. O level, A level time. If you wanted somebody who could write about Bible, TNO Kwakupum, then he used to say that the God of the Old Testament was very wicked and the God of the New Testament was very generous. <laughs> He didn't know God. But factually, he could tell you all the story. Now, 
knows biblical facts. When he comes to the class, he doesn't carry books because he has written many books. All the books are in his head. Then he will start and say, okay, he'll go, he'll go Exodus chapter 20. Then start from so so and so, he will narrate up to verse 4. Then he will give, uh, thou shalt so so and so, uh, the, 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 the Ten Commandments. Then he will say, from the beginning of the class, say, you, give the context of that. The background to the thing. Then you start, when you, you get up, you, when you say one line, you say, keep standing. Next, then you say, keep standing. Next, keep standing. Until he gets somebody who can give the context, the background to the story, or the line that he gave perfectly. All of you standing. He say, all of you standing, meet me in my house after lunch with cutlasses. Nah. For not being able to give the context. But he himself did not know God. Hallelujah. I've never forgotten. But a few years ago, when Dr. T.L. Osborne came to have a crusade at Stadium, I met him. We parted in 1980, Hallelujah. Amen. And the landmark, hallmark of that type of knowledge is pride. So when you look at First Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1, it says that there is knowledge that is piled up. Factual knowledge often makes people proud. If you look at the friends of Job, see, when you are reading the Bible, as prophet, you say, stop and think. When you read the Bible, stop and think. 
senior sofo can or say say who kind trust them now e was say we do be be a wujina na wojene time will not allow me but one of the books that you need to always stop and think about is the book of job because there are many people who have been quoting Job wrongly. The friends of Job, not everything they said was revelation. They are understanding of God was factual but not revelation. I don't have much time. Let show you one example is in chapter 36. From verse 11. You see Elihu or Elihu saying that he's talking about people who serve God. He says, don't worry about reading. I will just, when I say it, you just say it after me. He says, if they obey God and serve him, they will spend their prosperity and their years in pleasures. They obey not, they will pay and they shall die knowledge. And he says, but the hypocrites in heart heap up wrath. They shall cry, they cry not when he binded them. He says, they die in youth and, in, and their life is among the unclean. He delivered the poor in his affliction and opened their eyes in oppression. Now, in, in, if you look, listen to this factually, it sounds okay, but it's not true. Only who was telling Job that bad people always suffer and good people always enjoy, basically. What did John the Baptist do wrong to die early? What did Jesus Christ do wrong that made him die early? So he said, he is saying that, oh, if you are bad, you will die early. So if somebody dies young, according to Elihu's theory or doctrine, all people who have problems, it's because they have abandoned God. It's not true always. It may be true sometimes, but it's not always true. So when you don't know God, you can have fun. It, and you can say, oh, it happened to this person because he did something. It's true. When you go to the Old Testament, you see many people who suffered because they did wrong. Everybody who suffered is because they did wrong. Hallelujah. 
na yasha eli ndede na na bakosemu ni mdie na anonim a oka ho asem se wona a woni nyankopon na wonti o nyankopon no wona awobre na apapafo nko a enedi ye saadie we no enya dia eye nokre eye 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 abakosemu ni mdie na onim na enye nyankopon mu edi sem ena na onim na yasha sofo ka bibi se yesu kristo yasha yesu kristo empono owuntem boni bena oye ya e ba nu ewu ntem entini asofo e ka ne se san nipa elino na nnim dia owo no e ya abakosem nim dia na emum na enye adisemu nim dia hallelujah amen so if you have elihu doctrine we need to improve our perfect our knowledge of god na asofo se if we have elihu doctrine elihu and church and a woe moodia and yeah now say we eat to there is what we call experiential knowledge. Knowledge by experience. Now people know God and say, Ah, now I know God. Now I love God. Now sofu say nimdie bi wo ha eno de eye niema wo fem ne niema wo hunu niema wa ye no e hu nimdie a wo beti aka say yes say die mi nim o nyankopon A good example is Naaman the bible said he was a heathen king's army general Now ni aye de beti to hono aye Naaman a no ye obi a oye okokofo in second kings chapter 5 we are not reading it chapter 5 from verse 15 to 18 there he was talking about the fact that oh ah now i know that there's a god in israel everybody must serve that god experience because he had been healed of leprosy he had had an experience an encounter and many times when people get a breakthrough they want to show that they know god more than everybody else when they get a miracle when they get a revelation when something happens in their lives that Everybody see that ah God has visited you. It's easy to say I know God. Na enam se ni aneman esemu ninti ni ama ohunu ye ni ni ensentrania onyankopon eyema ninti no osoriginal se eh se se die mehu awrade na obia ensom sa nyankopon no. But when you read the scripture very well towards the end verse 18 he says to the uh, to the the, the, the prophet he says I beg you I am the general of this uh, idolatrous king, when he goes to the fetish shrine, and I had to hold his gun, shrine room, and perform his, forgive me in advance. Hallelujah. He is not willing to let go following that king because he wants his position. So even though he has had an experience, that experience did not transform him to Na yasha na neman sa nema ofemu nyanyambe ema ni hunu yeno na sa nema no entumi ansesa no ye esanse chesem no baby ma ye hunu se edu hono kan se se mpono se okono okko ekokotokoto na ehonia awrade emfanche no na no na sofo ka se wo sha no nse da ehunu awrade ye na emomu na ehunu ye na awrade ye ma no 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 na na eda na no na 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 koma de onfa ehunu awrade ye hallelujah amen it's like something where you are things are working well for you because every praise song you can come forward but when things are a bit rough you, you you haven't heard the song at all you haven't heard the praises you haven't heard the hymn at all amen 
Amen. Na sofu kasa ayese se edu mebia ne men na akofi ye ma bibia kototi tu be hwe na ye ma ye ye nyumbia so ne wo be sori asijemu na wasasa na nsusu se niema eye den a wo be hu no ye mbonyumbi sukura se wonte da. Amen. Amen. The fourth and car one of knowledge is what I call perfection in knowledge. Perfection. And we ma- perfection doesn't mean that you will never make a mistake. It's his progressive understanding of God. Paul said to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 39, he says, For we know in part, prophesy in part, when the perfect comes, the imperfect to be done with. So every Christian must understand that and have a desire for progressive understanding and knowledge of God. Now, this kind of knowledge, which is perfect, must manifest in number one, it manifests in the love of God. And love for the brethren. Love for the human beings. God's creation. First John 4, 7 and 8. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. So when you know God, it manifests in loving. This is the perfect love we are talking about. This is perfect knowledge we are talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. So one manifestation of this progressive love is the love, progressive knowledge is the love for people and love for God. Hallelujah. When you win a competition of sword drill in the church, it doesn't show that you know God. Hallelujah. It's good. It's important. It's a, a good foundation. But that's not what makes you show that you have progressed in knowing God. You are perfected in knowing God. You perfect through the manifestation of God, the love of God towards the brethren and towards people that God has created, all human beings. Amen. In Proverbs 1 verse 7, said the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of knowledge. Now, a lot of times we look at this scripture from the perspective of, oh, fear will bring you knowledge. Now, listen to this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It means the primary class of knowledge of God is fear of God. Any student who has passed the course in knowledge of God must pass the course in the fear of God. Hallelujah. So I can say I know God when I don't fear God. When I say I know God, it will manifest through my reverence for God. It will help me to walk right with God. It will help me to fear God and to be reverential. Hallelujah. It will help me to change any attitude that is not consistent with the nature of God. Because I know God is holy. I know, I know the attributes of God. I know the values of God. I know the things God likes and the things He doesn't like. I know the temperament of God. And that takes me away from a certain track onto another track by the grace of God. Say Amen. Your knowledge of God is transformational. It changes you. If, if you say you know God, the change will show that you know God. I want to just wind up now on how you can know God yourself. Number one, Jesus said, if you have known me, you have known the Father. Matthew 11:27. Number two, he said that the, I will go and I ask the Father to bring you the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 and 17. And he will teach you all things. That I have taught you. So, if you want to know the Father, you can know the Father without intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You must have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is something we call intimacy with God. The, 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 the Greeks call it postconeo, intimacy with God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And he says that when you get to the Holy Spirit, when you get intimate with the Holy Spirit, allow him to minister to you. He brings you the mind of God. There are many people who say, oh, me, I, I, I know God, but all this Holy Ghost power, Holy Ghost, I'm not interested. I, I don't want, I just want to, I want to live a simple life. You can't live a simple life. One of the earlier scriptures I learned was from 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. Where it says, who is he that has the mind of God? Mind of Christ. What do you mean by, what does he mean by that? Because we have the spirit of Christ. Seek the Lord and you will know him. Make time through seeking his word, then you know him. Beloved, I will leave you with this final point. If you want to know God, don't let God humiliate you. Humble yourself. Tell your neighbor, humble yourself. Don't let God humiliate you. If you don't humble yourself, God will humiliate you. There are two different things. Humiliation is embarrassment. If you humble yourself, you step down before God. In your secret heart, your, you don't wait for anybody to point out to you. Don't wait to come to church before you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Don't wait to come to worship meeting. No, you yourself, examine yourself. Hallelujah. Because Paul said, Philippians chapter 3, from verse 8 to 10. He said, I'm concluding on this scripture and then we pray briefly. Paul said that all that I have known, I count as bad dung. I don't count as anything. For that I may perceive, pursue the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Now he says that, that I may know him. That is humility. All that I know, I, I, I strip myself of my credentials, of my academics, of my traditional understanding of issues. And strip myself of any age. Strip myself of how long I've been in the church. I strip myself or have any credentials I have in theology or, 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 or hermeneutics or homiletics or whatever and say, I don't know anything. Lord, begin to teach me. When I, I have stripped myself, that is humility. I don't, you don't need to wait for somebody to tell you that, hey, brother, you are too proud or sister, you are proud. No. Humble yourself. So that God does not humiliate you. When you humble yourself, God will give you grace. He will reveal himself to you like Paul did. It's not just by the way you look in your face. It's in the way you commit your heart. The change of posturing in your heart in relation to other people and in relation to God. That is humility. Hallelujah.
That's why the, the scripture, Jesus tried to teach us about the, the, the different kinds of humility. The Pharisee humility, Sadducee. No, that's not the kind of humility. I'm talking about heart-concentrated humility, which is attitudinal. It comes by you examining yourself. I examine myself. Ah, the way I'm moving, I'm, I'm, I become too full of myself. Or I'm this and like that. No, it doesn't conform with the direction of God. So, I step down two, three. God have your way. Before, not my way, but your way. And it, it doesn't even have to be in a public meeting like this. But humble yourself. That is the way to know God. Let us pray. I don't know what you think about yourself. Maybe you think you know God. But when you look around, you compare yourself to your family members. And you, you think you, you are full of yourself. You, you, you believe that the way you have achieved, where you have reached. Check it out. Maybe something is wrong with your knowledge of God. Because when you know God, you become humble. When you know God, you become, you become, you become, you, you, you think like and behave like God. You accept the will of God. You know the ways of God. You don't struggle with obeying God. You know his values. You know his voice. Well, you know God. Jesus said so. Say, Lord, show me your voice. Teach me. I know my sheep and I am known of them. That's what Jesus taught us. I pray, O oh God, to help me. My brethren, I cannot ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Holy Spirit, help me. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of the living God, pour afresh upon me. Affect my tastes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we desire to know you. Wherever we are short in knowing you, let mercy prevail. Let your grace abound. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand the broader picture of your call upon our lives. Wherever we are short, O oh Lord, let mercy prevail. Let the blood speak for your children. Reconcile us to yourself. Open our eyes to know what it means to know you. That through us, others will be converted. Others will be drawn to you. The kingdom will multiply. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.